In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Advent, if you haven't read the, the book on the Incarnation by St. Athanasius, then you should, you should be reading it now. So like every year, everywhere, I think every Christian should read the book at least once. I read it at least once, if not more, like a year. Because it's got the core of, of our doctrines in it, but also even of spirituality, if you understand it right. But in the weeks of Advent, what we're going through is the preparation, the physical preparation of leading up to the incarnation of our Lord. But some people call Advent the, um, the winter Lent um, as, a, as a way of saying that it's also a time for repentance still. There's never really a time not to, to be honest, but with a focus on what we're supposed to do, right? So the, the incarnation is the most important event in the life of the world, right? There's nothing more important than that because it connects the purpose of our being into a physical, historical reality, right? Not every faith is actually able to so tangibly and historically touch their religion in such a, an intimate way, right? Every religion has a claim, right? Every religion makes, every religion is claiming there's a God. But being able to point at a specific spot in history to say, here's somebody who made a claim that actually can be verified, right, is, is available. People can disagree on whether, on how convincing um, the data is, but nobody with a right sound mind can dispute that Jesus Christ existed. Um, that, that's not a point of contention anymore. Um, it's also not strongly disputed as much as people might think whether or not he did miracles. Um, this is something actually that, that seems to be very well documented outside of the Christian tradition. But I'm not trying to get into an apologetics thing, but my point is to say we have a very, very important claim that we're making that we speak about sometimes like it's nothing. Right, where it's just like, yeah, 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 we believe that God came to earth and he forgave sins. And it's said as like this casual thing. But that's not casual, right? That's not a normal thing for there to be someone who's claiming to be God that you can actually touch, feel, interact with, and who's doing something, right? Add to this when we look at the, the history of, of the scriptures, where I'm like, I don't care when they were written, they were written before Christ, right? If they were written after, we have, we have a problem. Right, we have a self-fulfilling like prophecy, but if they're written before, then it means something, and so hopefully those of us who are gathered here already accept that. Right, that's something that theoretically that we're here we already believe in, and that that's not our issue. So if it's not our issue, then hopefully we can go into the deeper questions, not of just is there a God and is it Jesus and other things, but to ask deeper and say what is the point? What what am I doing? Right, why am I a Christian specifically? Right? Why am I not a Jew? Why am I not a Muslim? Why am I nothing? Why? What is it that I'm supposed to be as a Christian? And so the answer is when you need to read this book on the air, can you think, why did he even come? Right? What was the point of, of his coming? Was he just bored and he wanted to come down? Right? Was he trying to show off? Right? Because there are other religions where their gods do do that. Where they do come to show off. Or they do come to flex their muscles and to show that they are in charge of you. But we have a God who has a very different personality. We have a God who didn't need to make us, right? We talk about this all the time. I know it's the same message, but there's not a new message to give. Um, who didn't need to make and he made, right? And his love he decided to make. And he wanted nothing from us, nothing, other than a relationship back. 
right? He didn't. He wasn't looking for us to praise him. He wasn't looking for for service. He wasn't looking for anything. And then he gifted us something that we talk about night and day, which is his own identity, right? He gave us the image and likeness. I've looked at the schedule outside of the series you guys have had. You've had a talk about he took what is ours, right, and gave us what is his. You had a talk about the incarnation. You had many talks related to this, where God said, I'm not even going to deprive you who are not by nature God from my own characteristics. I'm adopting you. I'm making you sons and daughters. I'm elevating you above being just a random creature, right? And animals are run, they run by instincts, right? They're programmed. They don't have a fullness of response and awareness and consciousness and ability to have the fullness of what humans have. They have these little tastes of different characteristics, right? Whereas to humans, he said, I'm elevating you above the rest. I'm even giving you something that I don't give the angels, right? There's, there's a depth to this. And all he asked from us was saying, I just want you to be my kid, right? And so kids have a relationship with parents. That's, that's what I want from you. But we, we destroyed that, right? This is, this is the story of our humanity, not just of the Old Testament, but of our personal histories, right? Of saying, um, but I plucked for myself the sentence of death. I chose, I chose the thing that isn't good for me. And I got addicted, right? That's, that's the issue. Is we, we, all, we all get addicted to sin, Right? And that anything forbidden we tend to usually like more. Right? Like the best way to get a kid to do something you want is to tell them to do the opposite. Right? Because then, then they're almost guaranteed to do the thing just to prove to you that they have their own autonomy. Right? But God didn't say it to us as a, as a trick. God said to us as, as a warning. He wasn't saying, if you eat, I'm going to kill you. Right? He's saying, I don't think you should do this. No, I don't think you shouldn't do this because if you do, this brings death. Right? And so this is the problem of the world. The problem of the world was death, right? Many people talk about the problem of, of, of the Old Testament of being one of sin. It's not a sin problem, it's a death problem, okay? The issue wasn't that I sinned, the issue is that I'm dying. And God's saying, I didn't want you to die. I'm giving you my own characteristics. I'm giving you immortality. I'm giving you incorruption. I've elevated you beyond your actual nature. What's natural for you is to die. I don't want that for you, right? And so the problem was we got addicted to the sin, addicted to disease, Sin is just spiritual disease. That's, that's a, a better analogy to, to look at it. It's falling short of, of perfect health. And so when it takes hold of me, I become weak, right? So there are sins that we might do because we're obsessed with them because we just like them. But there are sins that we do because of other sins, right? In the same way, for example, that somebody who is um, malnourished is probably not going to be able to run, right? They're not going to be able to exercise. And if they're able to exercise, they're probably going to become obese, Right? So there's things that lead one to another. And if you live obese for a long time, you have no recollection of what it's like to be fit. And if you have no recollection of what it's like to even be fit, right, then you might not even care about fitness, right? because it's not even a thought on your mind. The same thing happens with us spiritually. Right? Is that as we get addicted to sins, we don't even remember what it's like to be holy. Right? We don't know what it even looks like to be holy when there's no examples. Right? So throughout the Old Testament, God kept outreaching. Right? He was like, okay, no, I'll talk to you, I'll deal with you, I'll try and remind you of what it means to be in this image and likeness. I will send you prophets. I will send you judges. I will send you people to, to speak. And I've given you even the natural order of creation to observe. But when humans didn't get it, right, he's like, okay, you've gone so far that what I'll need to do is, like, make a book for you. Okay, I'll make you a, a code of ethics so that you know something that resembles holiness. 
right? And this is why St. Paul actually says, law wasn't righteousness, right? It would be like saying that health is equal to proper diet. That's not true. Health is health, but proper diet is needed for health, but proper diet is not itself health, right? So the law wasn't righteousness. The law was saying, here are things that you need to do if you want to understand something of what holiness looks like. Because I'm holy and you're holy because you're in my image and likeness, but you've forgotten. You've forgotten your identity, right? But humans don't deal well with, with even the law, right? And so v before long, it was like, okay, we'll do whatever, right? When that didn't go well for them, then they're like, all right, whatever, guys, get together. Let's follow the law again. Maybe God will be nice to us because, again, they're missing the point, right? Until God was saying, you know what, like, this isn't working, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm going to fix it, but when I fix it, you need to understand it, right? Because it's, it's not something small that I can give to you, right? It would be like telling a little kid who's, who's lost something from a, a, I don't want to use the word purity because that's too often mistaken for a sexual purity, but something's gone wrong. There's a whole lot that needs to be corrected for it to be restored, right? Just like sometimes when our parents are like, if you do this thing, you're going to really, really regret it right and then you do it anyway and you couldn't even possibly have guessed how, on how many levels you're going to regret it right and so as you're doing it you're just like oh this is not good right and so you go through many years of life correcting sometimes it's not the end of the world it's not you're bad and your and life is destroyed but you've lost something and so god is saying you know what i had given you a brand new car you weren't ready for the car you smashed it so i'm not going to just next week give you a new car Right? Let's talk about driving. Let's talk about safety. Right? Let's talk about community. Let's talk about how this car functions in different weather. Let's talk about all these different things so that when I hand you your new car, you're responsible for this car. And this is what God was preparing the world for with the Incarnation. Right? Is that God wasn't just coming to say, I'm only going to fix death. That's a monumental, important thing He was doing. But God was saying, I made you an animal and I have elevated you above being an animal, and I made you me, right? I gave you, I gave you what is me, and you didn't understand it. And I was teaching you through these different mechanisms. So what I'm going to do for you now is I'm not the creature who became God. I am the God who will become creature, and I'll show you. I will show you what I meant. Okay, because it isn't just law. That's why when he came, he, he said, I didn't come here to cancel the law. Right? So even when he says, woe to you, scribe, Pharisees, and hypocrites, he gives these long lists of damnations, but at the very end of it he says, these things you ought to have done. They were good. You just, you missed the point. Right? You missed the point of it. You were focused on the letter of the law. You didn't know why the law was there. Right? So you're, it would be like somebody, for example, who's fit, who exercises, does push-ups, sit-ups, goes to the gym, has a proper diet, and goes for runs every morning, and somebody coming in and saying, no, 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 today you didn't do sit-ups, you're not healthy. And I was like, no, he, he is healthy. The point of the sit-up wasn't the sit-up, right? Like, is, you, you didn't understand that tool. These were all tools that you needed to have this identity, and you're worshipping in the wrong way, and so now you're abusing people. Now you're making everybody feel guilty about things they shouldn't, or you're using it to control it, you've abused it. And so God said, I'll show you exactly what I mean. This is what it means to be righteous, right? This is what the Gospel of Matthew is 
is completely about, is all about righteousness. Right? During Kiyach, we focus on the Gospel of Luke, which is showing how God's mercy was able to reach the people. Right? This is the, the, the focus of it. And so if we can all look at our own brokenness, right? this is the period to not... It's got a more joyful tone to it. It's not like Lent of, of, of a deep um, spiritual asceticism, but there should be some level of asceticism. There should be some level of saying, where am I falling short of my identity? This is all about my identity. This fast is about identity. Right? It's about being the image and likeness of God. What am I doing? What am I a slave to? And let me confront it. Right? Like there's, it's not the end of the world. This is why if we look at the way that Christ interacted with people when he came, he didn't come on and say, I can't believe how messed up you guys are. Right? Like I'm here to tell you you're messed up. Instead, every encounter of anybody who is broken that came to Christ, his response was the same always. You're forgiven. Go and sin no more. It was that simple. Right? People were angry about that. And he was like, what do you want? Right? Like, the, I'm, I'm, I'm healing them. Right? Do you, do you, what, what penalty can you put on them? I'm your dad. I made you. And I'm proud of you. And I love you. And I'm saying, you're my kid. Just stop. It's literally that simple. Right? So this is the period for us to look at where in my life am I broken? What are the things that I'm addicted to? And to simply return to God and say, I messed up. Let me... Let me behave as your child again, and there is no questions asked. May we all put in, our, put in our hearts to return to him and to show and express on some of the gratitude for what our God did to enter time. There's a verse that we sing. We don't sing it tonight, but it's, I think it's in the Monday. Um, of the timeless enter time, the incorporeal became corporeal, right? It's, it's beautiful language, right, of what our God has been willing to do for us, or in the words of one of my intercessors, St. Dioscorus, he was with us, like us, and for us. And glory be to our God forever and ever into the age, all ages. Amen. We want to thank you so much for listening to St. Basil's podcast. We hope that you have gained spiritually from our remarkable speakers, and we appreciate your support towards this podcast. St. Basil American Coptic Orthodox Church is looking to purchase a home, and we would love for you to be a part of our community. We are looking to raise funds towards this novel mission, Orthodoxy in an American Context within the San Diego area. You may donate online through our website, www.stbasil.net, that's www.stbasil.net, or click on the link below and it will take you to our donations page. You may also mail in your contribution at the address located on our website. We thank you for any contribution, and may our Lord Jesus Christ always bless your heart and home.